bringing you the top stories from Bonners Ferry to St. Mary's and everywhere in between. This is the North Idaho PrepCast with Ryan Skaggs. That's right. Another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast, your weekly breakdown for everything districts one and two up north in the state of Idaho. Brandon Bainey is always joined by Ryan Skaggs wearing his best Boise State Broncos t-shirt today. Yep. You know, so, uh, I spent enough money there that I figure I can at least wear the clothing. So, <laughs> you know, you should get free swag if you if you go to school there, right? Yeah, it's the least they can do. <laughs> I'd, I'd take I'd take some free stuff. I don't know. I, I transferred after after three years, but yeah. So you, you don't find keep... much you don't find much LCSE stuff up here. So you were ahead of your time. You entered the portal, Ryan. That's right. Yeah, I entered the transfer portal. Like I, I guess everybody else has. So you know. I guess we're wait, holding our breath to when it hits the high school ranks, huh? Yes. Uh, it, that'll never happen, of course. Um, there there Gosh, are rules. I hope not. <laughs> there, there's, there's rules in place now. If you transfer, you got to sit out 90 days, um, which is a, a semester. So yeah. if, if you're going to uh, transfer schools and you don't live in that school district, you know, think long and hard about it. That's for sure. Yeah, and that was something that, like, when I was in school, because we'd have kids that would move from, like, a Soton to Clarkston or vice versa. It's like if you moved in the state of Washington, you were ineligible for varsity sports that following school year. Um, and Unless there's, you can either pose a hardship or a legit family move. Um, you know, it, it, I like those rules. I think that they keep things from the competitive balance being swayed by kids coming up with random excuses. But you know, that's me having my get off my lawn moment. But <laughs> Well, and speaking of get off my lawn, we are just getting started because <laughs> this week on the North Idaho PrepCast, it is our off-season think tank. Now, you may be thinking off-season, we're right in the middle of spring sports season. Well, as we talked about on last week's show, uh, everybody up north was on spring break last week. Like, there, there were no games, no competitions. There was nada. And so, yeah, we could talk about what happened Monday and Tuesday this week. We're recording this on Wednesday, April 6th. But, man, that'd be a really short prep cast. There was some exciting stuff uh, that happened earlier this week as teams got back into the swing of things. Orofino with a nice walk-off win over uh, Grangeville. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was Grange- Grangeville or Genesee. I can't remember now. But, anyways, Maniacs got a walk-off win. But but with so little happening last week, you know, we're like, what are we going to talk about? And, Ryan, you've been working on this for a couple of months now, but you've kind of been putting together this, this plan to improve the way things are done, especially <laughs> when it comes to uh, you're, you're laughing. I'm trying to say it as nicely as I can um, <laughs> trying to improve the way things are done when it comes to repre- representation, but also trying to get the best teams to state. Now this was yep. something that cropped up during soccer season when Sam, <laughs> when Sandpoint's girls didn't make it, volleyball, when we had a lot of very good teams up north that, that weren't able to qualify, and especially this year in basketball, and I think immediately to girls' basketball, where Coeur d'Alene, Post Falls, and Lake City all should have been at state. Only Lake City and Post Falls got to go. So, Ryan, I'm, I'm going to just open up the floor to you. I know you've taken copious notes. Can you hold up your notes for for the well, viewers, not, they're not as substantial today, but I've got yeah you know, some of this stuff too. So oh, I've perfect. Got, I've okay. got things. I've got stuff and things to speak on. So um. <laughs> stuff and things. 
<laughs> me trying to sound important play some highfalutin music in the background or something like that i don't know but you know what i think that's the title for this week's episode stuffing things <laughs> <laughs> how to how to make people from preston very angry um, okay yeah. so 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 go ahead yeah because this has been a big topic statewide on social media as well uh particularly yeah. uh from a few vocal fans in east idaho yeah you know and the thing is like am i am i for expansion of the state tournament no i'm not i'm not proposing that we leave this the eight team format in most sports um outside of obviously i know football is a bit different but um you know for the most of most of the sports that they have a eight team tournament and then you have your your allotments from each district um I'm a huge proponent of if you have a three-team district, you should not be in a district. You should be, um, you should be like the district one and two. And I'm, I'm, and I'll propose it this way: as far as thinking is, we're too rigid by just limiting ourselves to a six-district system. Um, and in saying that, is that if you have a district, say like let's go example, and I'm not, I mean, you could pick on district three, but I'm going to pick on district four and the one A D two. Um, where you have that many schools that are in that district, you could easily break that into two, or you could leave it the same and you could combine, say, five and six together that are geographically pretty close uh, for the most part. That would give you, um, you have five teams in District Five and you have four teams in District Six. Or sorry, did I say three and five? Yeah, three and four. So you'd have a seven team district essentially if you created a district eight which would be just for one ad2 and this is this is what the state of washington did and i don't necessarily think the state of washington does a lot of things well when mm -hmm. it comes to high school athletics but i do agree with this was that they had specific districts and some of them were just very specific to a classification so in the state of washington you would have like district nine was all of the 1b and 2b schools um I believe it was district nine. Yeah. And, and you could go like district eight, at least this is when I was back in high school, like district seven, I know was the GSL. So you'd have the four, a Washington schools and the three, a Washington schools in the Spokane area would be in district seven. Um, so you could end up with like essentially like nine to 10 districts, but you would end up setting yourself up to getting rid of a lot of these automatic bids where you'd have like a three team district five that you could have three team, all three teams with a, pretty decent record in say basketball for example where all three teams could potentially say that they have a case for state well if they would combine with district six that would be a substantial district that you could have a huge a bigger tournament and then you could actually get a bigger draw instead of like getting one bid from district five district six and five combined to create like say district seven right um, we'll just throw arbitrary numbers out there um, but they combine maybe they get three and a half bids um, so then you you expand the amount of teams that you get, or maybe you get four and a half bids, because if you look at district three and how many bids they get to state um, to where you have what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, 10, 11, 12 schools, and they're getting four and a half bids to state. I would say that it would be pretty easily to be matched if you had a 10 team district um, from East Idaho, for example, um, to say that, yeah, we want, we want four legit bids. And then you're, you're saying that your three teams that came from the old district five, I, you could realistically say outside of Hillcrest, they're better than most of the other teams in that district. Um, and so you're, you're able to get the correct teams based on competition. It changes the district tournaments a little bit. I know this creates some travel issues, but really, I mean, it's a state of Idaho for good grief. We're, we're shaped, you know, pretty awkwardly that it's going to create travel snarls a little bit, no matter what you do. Um, but if we're about getting the right teams to state or the right competition level, 
I really look at either expanding our, our district format as being our, our first immediate thing that we could address. And it would probably alleviate some of these problems. Yeah. So you're, so let's, let's, let's use four A as an example, because that's where the yeah. most vocal fans have been about this, where yeah. in, in four A and, and, you know, this is the North Idaho prep cast, but to, but to talk about this, we're, we're going to have to use teams from all over. We got to pull everybody from the state that's got as interest an in this and sit everyone at the table. Right. So in four A this year, you had district five, which had Preston, Pocatello and Century all three teams were ranked in the top five in the coaches polls at one point in time they were all three in, in the top 10 in the max preps rankings and because it was a three-team district only one team got to advance to state and that was pocatello and they got all the way to the championship and yeah. so preston and century fans were like man that sucked <laughs> yeah. to, to, to put it mildly and i agree so you're proposing not expanding the playoffs or having play in games, but you're saying why can't districts five and six in East Idaho come together because they're yeah. close enough. They, you know, Hillcrest played Preston this year in a home and away in, in boys basketball. So it's not a travel problem. No. They're willing, they're willing to travel for these things. And you're right. If you took the five teams that are in district six, plus the three teams from district five, now you've got an eight-team league. Mm -hmm. It makes having a postseason a lot easier, right? Hey, one plays eight, two plays seven. And you'll probably get two and a half bids to state. Now this year, District 5 got one bid. District 6 got one and a half. And there's your two and a half bids, right? So yeah. the number of bids potentially wouldn't change, but the teams that are getting those bids could change in a substantial way. Now, the problem with that is the teams in District 6 don't want to lose those bids to the teams mm -hmm. from district five. And so the way the rules are in place, I don't blame them because they're fighting for their representation, right? Um, you potentially would have like a Blackfoot, which got to the state play in game and could have gotten the state. Um, they probably don't make it if they're playing in a big league with the teams from district five and they want, they want to protect their right to try and advance the state. The same thing happens in the three, a ranks with districts five and six with snake river, you know, and sugar Salem. And they want to protect their, their, their golden ticket to state. And instead of saying, let's play the best competition and see who advances, they say, yeah, you know what? Let's just stick to our district where we've got a better chance to get the state. And again, I'm not knocking anybody for that because yeah. that's, that's, that's playing the rules. That's playing the system to your advantage until the governing body of high school athletics steps in and regulates this. It'll never change. Unfortunately, when, when the individual conferences are in charge of who is a member of our conference and who isn't, it'll never change. Yeah. You know, the other thing about this too, is, you know, I've, I've kind of came up with like three pseudo solutions. Um, my third one that we'll, we'll close with is the one that's a little more ridiculous, but at the same time, I think it's going to actually make some sense too, but it's going to, like you said about representation, um, kind of probably rub people some wrong, the wrong way. Um, but in, in doing this, like if you're looking at five and six in Eastern Idaho, if you want to look at G, if they're going to complain about geographical footprint, quit crying, you've got, look at, look at district two and district one in North Idaho, where next year you'll have a team in Priest River having to travel for a league game all the way to, to Grangeville. I mean, that's a league game next year in, in sports as Priest River is dropping down to 2A. So if you want to cry about geographical like unfairness, 
I'm sorry, but North Idaho has got you beat like 10 times out of 10, as far as that argument goes. And in, in most cases, um, I think the only ones that would really get close is that you could look at like district four and one AD two. that that's a pretty huge geographical footprint for that, that district. But um, even in saying that, I mean, you know, you look at some of these smaller ones, you could actually reshuffle some of these and have them make a little bit more sense instead of sticking with your historical, um, you know, boundaries that have been in place. If you allow districts to the number of districts to expand um, and specifically to classifications, it could, I mean, serve you well as far as, I mean, you know, why hasn't the SIC split into two conferences? I mean, that's like, let's look at that. If we really want to do about numbers or whatever and make the regular season mean something, why haven't they split into two different conferences? I mean, the 5A and the 4A ranks. You could look at 1AD1. Why hasn't that split in District in district 3? Um, we've got a ton of leagues down there. I mean, there are a ton of teams in that conference down there. So if we're, we're going to talk about growth being an issue in the state of Idaho because of population increasing and schools are going to grow, we're going to have to look at expanding things. We can't just stick rigid and, and think that things are going to work themselves out. So if we're going to have to have added schools, like with the addition of Hawaii and, and new schools being built in the Treasure Valley and elsewhere, you know, we're I know that in Eastern Idaho, they've added a few new schools in the last few years, like Thunder Ridge. And so, you know, if we're looking at things like that, we've got to be cognizant as we get more charter schools and everything else that there's expansions going to have to take place. We can't, this isn't going to be a sustainable system long-term if we think that we're going to level the playing field, the best teams are going to continue to make it every year. Yeah. And somebody told me, and I don't, I don't remember who it was, but it, it came from a pretty good source, I think. They told me that the current system we have, District 1 through 6, it mimics the Idaho Department of Transportation. Yep. Does that it sound does. right? It does. Okay. And that's why, that, that's why they created that originally. Well, okay. Yeah. The, the, ID, the ITD already came in and said, yeah, here's, here's the districts. <laughs> Let's just follow that. But you're right. I think you have to be fluid with it. So I've, I've, I grew up in Montana, obviously. And for a while I lived in Nebraska and covered high school athletics there. And what they do is they, they try to make the conferences at each classification level as even as they possibly can. And sometimes that means like in Montana, a team has to travel five hours to play a conference mm -hmm. game, but they, but they build in some of that budget and say, we can help with that. Yeah. Um, and in Nebraska, Nebraska takes it one step further. So, so in Montana, they have hard, rigid enrollment numbers like Idaho does. Mm -hmm. And then from there, they look at how many AA, how many A, B, C teams are there. And let's try and make as many even conferences. And basically, it's like a north, south, east, and west. And let's make them as even as we can. And then that way, everybody gets two bids to state. It's an eight-team state tournament. And, you know, you've got your chance. In Nebraska, they take it a step further. And they say the enrollment numbers to determine classifications, those are kind of fluid. We're going to take the 32 largest schools yep. and they, they are automatically class A schools. Then we're going to take the next 32 schools and they're automatically class B. So a team could be, and they do this every two years. So a team that's in the largest classification one year could find themselves in the smaller classification the next year, but they do that. And again, it's 32 teams and they say, all right, let's divvy it up into eight, four team sub districts that are part of four overall larger districts. So it's even uniform, kind of like the NFL in a way. Yeah. 
No, and I totally agree with that. And, you know, that that was actually the argument I was going to start closing with is if we start looking at our enrollment numbers closer. Um, but, I mean, since you brought it up, it's it's a great place to go with it, I think, is that, you know, you look at the, the enrollment gap at 4A. I mean, you're telling – that's a that's it's a 600 and th- – what, 639 student gap between the largest 4A school and the smallest 4A school. And I know that there's the gap between – the the smallest 4a and like the smallest 3a but realistically like we've got to come to a solution that like we're gonna have to get i I, unless we fix the district situation we might look at getting rid of a classification and i mean numbers wise if you want to go by hard numbers and being able to evenly split these things and like you said you know we'll take the 22 largest schools and the next 22 then the next 22 then the next 22 and then whatever we're left with at the end that's 1ad2 um, that one would make a little bit more sense to do it that way. Um, if we're going to let our classifications be fluid, because if you look at the 2018 enrollment, which is what we ran with, I think until this next year, um, it was like the 2018 through 2022 enrollment block. You know, there was 19 5A schools, 28 4A schools, 23A schools, 21 2As, and, and so on. Now it's changed to where, you know, next year we'll have 23 5A. 25 4a so the, the playing field starting to level a little bit at the top end but then you still have 23a schools you have 28 2a teams 34 1a d1 and then what is it 38 1a d2 schools um you know so like you can look at this and is there a huge is there a big enough difference at say 2a from the the entire 2a class to the top half of 1a d1 is there enough difference there that you could say you know, I, and I know that football makes a difference for safety right. issues with playing 11 man to eight man. So that, that does play into it. But why can't we be flexible with the other sports? Why can't we have, you know, the dividing line for, for two A's that you, you know, if you're in, you look at the top and I, I was kind of breaking down the numbers as far as enrollment is that you've got the bottom part of two A playing 11 man football and you have like the top. I wanted to say it was the top 12 teams at 1AD1, and the enrollment difference was literally 13 kids. And so it's like you're telling me you can't play 11-man football with some of these teams, or you're telling – and I know that the 2A teams, some of them are scrapping to try to get an 11-man team out there. I totally get that. So maybe it's either we give the option to opt down to 8-man from the 2A, like at some of this level, or maybe we just say, you know what, 2A needs to go. We need to split that up. The top half goes into 3A. The bottom half goes into 1AD1. We get rid of a classification, or maybe it's 3A that we get rid of. The top half goes into 4A. The top third of 4A goes to 5A. So you lower that ceiling a little bit, and it closes the enrollment gap. Instead of 639, it would actually go to, if you split the split 3A in half and took the upper half and gave it to 4A and took the ceiling off of 4A, you would close that gap to 550. And so, like, to me, that makes a little bit more sense of getting rid of a classification somewhere would realistically make the most sense to level the playing field as far as enrollment goes. I know competition-wise, that's always not the case. Um, We'll throw Wood River, for example, like opting down to play 3A football. Um, And then some of the 1A D1 teams opting down to 1A D2 just for travel reasons. But, um, you know, I think, you know, if we're not going to adjust districts, we need to look at our classification numbers. We need to readjust and go out of the six classification system and go to a five. That personally, that's just how I think. I I agree. And again, I'm I'm the new I'm the new guy here. Yeah, <laughs> in terms of, it's, well, 
in terms of like idahosports.com personnel in okay. terms of total years in the state like i i got to be at the bottom you know it's only my third year in idaho right right and you've you've been in idaho a lot longer than that yeah. so i'm leaning i'm leaning on you a little bit for this but under the old system before we went to 5a 4a 3a and it was a1 a1 a2 a3 weren't there only five classifications what yeah. the, and then I when think they there was only five when they made the shift then they added that that sixth one if i if i'm remembering that correctly and um, because like my father-in-law, he's from St. Mary's and he talks about all the time. Yeah. When I was in school, you know, we were in a league with Kellogg and Lakeland was a three, a back then, but they, but they were like essentially a three, a, they were a three. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of what you're talking about is kicking some of those two, a teams like a St. Mary's up to three, a. Yeah. But that, or, but, but we, but we're kicking seen... the bottom half of three, a down to two, a kicking Kellogg down, kicking priest river down. I mean, that's also part of what I'm talking. I mean, you could be kicking Timberlake up, yeah. you know? So if we're looking at numbers wise that there's, you know, they already Timberlake already plays Lakeland in every sport. I mean, is right. there a big difference between Timberlake and Sandpoint? I mean, in football, yes. In girls basketball. No, not really. I mean, softball, I would say no. Like there's the, the playing field is a little bit more level outside of football. Um, you know, and then, the, then the question is, okay, fine. Do we make a football only classification system? That's that's the big elephant in the room because every other sport, you're right. Besides football, the competition level it it pretty much checks out. Like uh, under this system, Pocatello would go back to being a five A school. Well, guess what? They played Lake City pretty darn close at the Hawaii yep. Classic in December, right? We've we've seen St. Mary's beat three A teams. St. Mary's won the uh, the four A IEL, right? <laughs> right. So so. Outside of football, and even in football, you see occasionally a smaller school will beat a, a bigger school, like West Side at the two A level beat some three A teams this year. Um, but that, but that is the one. So I agree. Maybe a football only system isn't. You know, that's what Wyoming does. That's another state mm -hmm. that I've lived in, where they they tweak the numbers a little bit for football only, and then in basketball and all the other sports, it's kind of just the regular numbers. So yeah, it goes based off of your participation numbers yeah. and. I mean, I, I'm all for that. I mean, you may have a couple 1A D1 teams that have, you know, 40 kids turn out. They'll have more kids than some 4A schools. Um, so, I mean, like we really want to – and kudos to those coaching staffs to get to get that many kids that turn out. That's a huge, you know, participation number. It's a large percentage of your, your population able to play that sport. But, you know, if we go, you know, like so, we may have to think outside the box. Geographically, we're kind of limited because, yeah, the state does have that weird – split in the middle or Idaho County and Valley County and everything kind of runs together and nobody lives there. Yeah, we get it. Like from Riggins North and, you know, from Horseshoe Bend, you know, Treasure Valley that way. I mean, you have very few teams between that gap. You might have council and a few other schools, but along the highway 95 corridor, but you know, we've got to think outside the box if we're going to fix this problem. Well, and, and here's here. That's a great point that, oh, you know, there's going to be a lot of hand wringing over the travel. These these are ha it's happening already. You know, yeah. I talked I talked to Grangeville's football coach, uh, Coach Adams, during the playoffs this year. And I said, boy, you had a gauntlet of a schedule. And we, t we talked about that on the prep cast, you know, week in, week out where, boy, they're they're playing up all these three A schools and they're, they're playing they're just Washington two A teams. They're, yeah. they're, get, they're getting beat up every week and, you know, they'll probably win their league, but their max preps ranking is going to be low. And I said, did you did you put this tough schedule together to try and boost your max preps ranking? And he looked at me and he went, 
heck no. He <laughs> said, we did it because we we have to play the schools that are somewhat close. You think I wanted to go play 3A Weezer and get yeah. our butts kicked? No, but guess what? They're kind of close to us, so we did it. Like, yeah. So they're already making that trip down down that corridor you know, through Riggins to play some of those teams from district three. Yeah. And I, I mean, you look at it, if you, if you want to go, and I think football makes the most sense to have its own, its own classification system. It really does. I mean, if you look at travel wise and look at it competition wise too, I mean, could Sandpoint play a five, a schedule? Yeah. I think they could. Um, I mean, we saw what they were able to do against Coeur d'Alene and Lewiston and, and Lake city and, you know, post falls, they, they, in my mind, I mean, well, not really, but realistically, they won the IEL 5A too, in, in addition to the 4A. You know, so you could have a a four or five team conference, maybe even a six, if you throw Lakeland in the mix, a six team conference at the upper level. And then you've got teams like the size of Moscow, which is pretty similar in, in enrollment size to, to Timberlake. There's only like a 150 kid difference in the school size um, participation numbers. Timberlake has more kids playing football than Moscow does. Um, you look at, you know, Kellogg's right in the mix. Bonner's Ferry is right in the mix to being on the cusp of, of up and coming and size wise too. And they'll play, you know, those teams will play each other. You look at St. Mary's played Lakeland, a four, a team in football this year. Um, so, does it make sense to adjust some of these numbers? Absolutely. It has to. I mean, post falls, I think at some point this year is going to be voting on a new high school um, to where they will have a second high school in their district. So, you know, you're looking at another team being thrown into district one, um, realistically a four a size school. So, you know, you're, which it'll also take an enrollment hit to post falls high school too. So it'd be interesting to see. And then Coeur d'Alene's on the cusp of adding another school too. So it's, you know, we're hitting those that, that time where we've got to stay, take a realistic look at things and be able to adjust these and either fix the problem or we're just going to keep complaining year after year. And it's going to hurt. I mean, after a while, it might hurt the bottom line for the for IHSAA. Yeah. And, you know, as I'm thinking about this more, I really like the idea of going to four divisions in each classification and make them as even as possible. And guess what? Each one gets two teams to state. And, you know, are there years where East Idaho is going to be stronger than North Idaho? Yes. But at least then if you don't win the district tournament, you've got a second bid that you can take. And then at that point, if you, if you can't get that second, bid, that's on you, that's mm -hmm. on you as a team. Yeah. Um, and yeah, travel wise, would that make it difficult? Yeah. Could, could you see like Timberlake and Weezer possibly being in the same, you know, district, yeah. quote unquote, for even numbers sake. Yes. Lewiston played in the SIC back when I was in high school. Lewiston was the only 5A school in North Idaho, and they're playing Boise schools every week. So, I mean, it's right. been done. Yeah. And and you could, I mean, that's where you could start meeting in the middle for yeah. some of these things too, right? It's a six-hour drive from Marathrum to Weezer. Okay. You drive three hours. We'll drive three hours. Playing Grangeville. Let's, <laughs> let's, seriously, they do that yeah. for these play-in games already. So. Yeah. Well, and the thing is too, like look at the other sports like basketball, for example, where they build in those those games over winter break. Is it okay, fine, have your have a league if you're gonna have that, have some of your district games that you may have to have an overnighter for districts, like during Christmas break or around that time or around a three-day weekend, they're able to build in the travel time 
um, or build it around like you're in staff days to where you don't have a Friday school. So, okay, you can travel on a Thursday, you get a Friday, Saturday, double header back to back and come back home. Like there's, there's ways of going about this that, that can fix the problem because we've been adjusting things even due to COVID, I think allows us a little bit more flexibility. Yeah. And in like during basketball, um, a, a good cost saving measure you take your boys and your girls yep. and you play a doubleheader. That's, that's very common up North where you are, yeah. but boy, around the rest of the state, there was some real resistance to that. And I, I didn't I, know that that wasn't a thing everywhere else. Like nobody else, nobody plays boys and girls, doubleheaders in, in Idaho outside of North of Riggins. Yeah. And that, and that's crazy to me that, uh, like I said, every other state I've lived in boys and girls basketball starts on the same date. They run concurrently and a yeah. lot of the schools choose to do double headers. It's like it's the a real state of Washington. Header. The state of Washington, just in the two A classification, has sixty six high schools. So just, that's just in one classification, right? And I know Washington population wise is way bigger, but using that example, I mean, they play boys and girls games double header, and they switch. Is it so when they do home and homes in their league schedule, the boys play first in one game at somebody's school. Well, then they're going to play second on the road that, and then they flip flop every year. So the girls and boys always get like, not the unfair advantage of always playing second or first or whatever, but it helps adjust and offset some of that difference that, you know, you don't want to force your team to get home at two o'clock in the morning, you know, on a Thursday night game. Yeah. But, you know, there's ways around it. So, um, you know, and one of the other propositions that I had that, you know, we can discuss too is, okay, if you want, if you want to expand state, quote unquote, we'll call it a quote unquote expansion, get rid of the district. If you, if you want your league's title to mean anything, get rid of the district tournament. I don't know if, if we're going to make the league mean something, well, I don't know why we still play district t- tournaments. There's a, then take your league champs or however the league finishes. And then you have a 16 team tournament. Like it's your state tournament, but the first round is a is a state playing game essentially to to set your field of eight for for the state tournament and doing that expansion alone, just taking your you know district say district one and two for for girls basketball for example, that means Coeur d'Alene, Lake City, and Post Falls are all basically going to get in because it's going to be seated based on max prep champions automatic in. They're going to host a region. You know, so like you're going to have the region one could be played at Coeur d'Alene, Lake City, Post Falls, North Idaho College. I don't care wherever. Pick a pick a location, right? New Lewiston High School or LCSE. So there's a district look or a regional location. It's going to host two games. It's going to host one play in game with the one seed. And then you're going to have the second seed from that region that's going to host another like, say, the five or the four seed from district three or whatever. But you're going to essentially turn it into a 16 team tournament. But you it's a loser out first round so like you win to get in and then once you get the state it's a loser it's a double elimination essentially right but all you're adding you're not adding any extra days of the tournament you're not adding any extra travel than what you would already do for a play a play-in game so i don't understand why we were so rigid to like not look at this maybe as the expansion because then you're going to get those teams of like century playing say i mean i'm sort of like cuna like Century playing Cuna or Century, well, Cuna is a 5A, so a bad example. Well, playing, okay, so, so playing well, the, Century playing Valley View. Century gets their crack at making the state tournament their legit chance. If they beat Valley View, they're in. And then right. we seed based on max preps. Everybody's in, everybody's happy. Yeah. The people who say all oh, the travel, we can't, we can't have teams be traveling like that. Please. That, it makes no sense to me. 
if you really yeah. wanted to cut down on travel, this is the first state I've been in, Ryan, where a district tournament like takes two weeks to complete. <laughs> like I, in Montana, in Montana and Wyoming, it's like, hey, we are all gonna come to this mutually agreed upon neutral site and we are all gonna hash it out. It's gonna be a three or four day tournament. And it's going to be like a state tournament. We're all come converging on this one location and we're playing it instead of Lewiston yeah. driving to Coeur d'Alene. Then two nights later, driving back to Coeur d'Alene. Then yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like it just, it. so the travel part of it, I, like that doesn't compute to me because there's definitely ways you could streamline that process and make it. Oh, how dare we have to drive from Boise to Twin Falls? Okay, Crimea River. That's a two and a half hour bus trip or three hours tops. I'm like, I mean, I was a kid growing up in Eastern Washington to where like we had a league game. It was a five hour bus ride for a league game. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, and that's like on a Tuesday, you'd have a wrestling match. You'd leave class at like nine o'clock in the morning. You're not getting home until two 30 in the morning. And then you got to go to class the next day. And, you know, so it's like, that's not the situation we're looking at here. You want to cry about, you know, and you can play it the weekend before state and still see the state. You don't lose any extra days. Like you can play it a Friday, Saturday at neutral site locations or wherever you want to do it. Whether, I mean, you can have it set preemptively ahead of time where the North goes to LCSE, the, you know, SIC plays at either one of the high schools or they can play. I mean, obviously it would have been hard to play it like say college of Idaho because of having their playoff run, but you know, you can have alternate sites available. You can play it, you know, college of Southern Idaho. You can play one of the, big nice height new high schools on the east side or in the eastern part of the state so there's options everywhere to do this and especially really it's the it, the biggest issue that we're seeing it's it's at the, the higher ranks it's at 5a and 4a that's really where everybody's complaining for the most part i mean 2a to a little bit extent but not much i mean you've got a three-team bid league as it stands between saint mary's grangeville and orfino how many years have we had that we're asking for more than one team out of that out of that district how many times right. has that happened in the last 20 years? Maybe once. So, right. I mean, I don't think people are crying too much about this. I think that, you know, like there's some easy solutions, but it's going to take people like, okay, if we want to fix the problem, let's fix the problem. If we don't, like, then quit crying. Because if you're worried about protecting your soccer team, but your basketball team is getting hosed or your volleyball team or what, vice versa, like you're using basketball as an excuse to like keep your representation, but then you're selling out your volleyball team the year that they go, you know, 14 and four and they miss the state tournament because they lost in districts. That's on you. Like, I don't know. Like some of this is just people well, need to have cooler heads, but I think realistically, some of the proposals that I've listed here, I think solve the problem. They really do. I, I think you have to, in a state the size of Idaho, to implement what we're talking about, every team is going to have to travel at some point. Yeah. And that's no okay. I mean, why is it, and this is kind of, of a little off topic, but the fans up north are going to agree with me on this. So you live in North Idaho. I live in East Idaho. How come every year for basketball, we have to go to Boise? Yeah. Well, it's in the it's it's in the middle, so it's three hours from the north. It's three hours from the east. It's a central location. Okay, but every in high schools at one classification that are saying like we don't want to move. Every 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 year, then the teams up north and the teams from the east are are having to pay to to drive to Boise. The Boise schools never have to factor that into their their budget. That's yeah. to me, that's not fair. There's no uh, hotel cost. There's no yeah. There's I no. Mean, 
You know how expensive it is to charter a bus now with the yeah. price of diesel fuel too? I mean, kudos to all those teams that went down to Southern Idaho and played baseball two weeks ago, but they were all sharing buses. Like you'd have two high schools sharing buses going, or you'd have the baseball and softball team on one bus. Yeah. And you know, that's just the way you've got, I mean, there's ways around it. I mean, you can bring a travel buddy with you for goodness sakes. If you're going to come play up North, bring a league, bring one of your other teams with you. They're only traveling with 12 for basketball or 13, maybe like, okay, two teams on a bus go like, I don't get the problem. <laughs> and, 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 you know, there's this argument that, uh, well, there's not enough, you know, venues for East Idaho to host or, or North, North Idaho to host. And it's like, really though, for basketball, you're just playing at five, a high schools well, except that... for the Idaho center. And, and there aren't enough, there are big enough arenas, you know, Dude, you the, could... the new arena at the university of Idaho is gorgeous. Are yes. you kidding me? Yes. And you could play in East Idaho easily at a big arena and then have, you know, the surrounding bigger high schools host. So mm-hmm. to me, there's no reason why, and it's not just basketball. Every state event should should rotate. Absolutely, you know? it doesn't football. I mean, why yeah. is football the only one? I mean, volleyball does it too. They do rotate for the most part, but they rotate classification on where they are for the most part. But I mean, lately it's been all up north. But I mean, some yeah. of the other you know sports, like yeah, why can't we spread the wealth? I I don't get it. Like wrestling, especially. That, you know, I know that they've been using Lionel Hampton Jazz Festival as a reason of why the Kibi Dome can't host the state wrestling tournament. And that's kind of been alleviated in the last couple of years. Now it's not landed on the same weekend. So why can't the North host state wrestling? I don't, I mean, I don't get it. Yeah. It's just, it's hard to ask the same teams to constantly travel all the time. And yeah, it's not realistic. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I get it. Like in some states do have rigid, like, you know, state isn't this location every year. And I get that part, like Washington, you know, the three and four A's play in the Tacoma Dome, the two A's and one A's play in the Yakima Sun Dome, and the B's play in Spokane Arena. Like Washington has the luxury of having those those venues to their advantage. But, you know, why can't Idaho do the same thing? Why do we have to have them all in the same town? I don't get it. Why do 5A, 4A, 3A, 2A, 1A, and 1A, D1 all have to be in Boise at the same weekend? Right. And that's how Montana is too. There's basically, you know, seven big cities, really eight big cities in Montana that can all host. And that's what they do. So one year boys and girls for this classification will be in this city. Uh, Boys and girls for a second classification will be in this second city and they rotate, you know, the sites. It's It's in different parts of the state all at the same time. And I guess what I've heard is that like for media, boy, it sure is nice having it all in one place and we can get to everything and cover everything. Whereas, you know, if it were spread out over the state, you know, a media company may have to send a guy to this tournament and a reporter to this tournament. And I guess cool with- there was a media outlet that had people that could broadcast <laughs> around the entire state of Idaho. <laughs> yeah. But, but we're, but we're kind of the unicorn in that, in that know, regard. Right. Ryan, like, like, I I, I, but yeah. right. <laughs> like, like a lot, a lot of our media, comrades in television newspaper whatever the resources are dwindling the staffs are getting smaller and smaller through through no fault of their own good media employees are being laid off at an alarming rate and it's it's all to save a penny um so i get i get it from that media perspective it is nice to have everything in one place where you can kind of cover everything but 
Um, but like, you could I mean, still, Lewis, you could still have it in North. Yeah, North. I mean, you got the Coeur d'Alene Press, you've got the Lewiston Tribune, you've got newspapers all around. You can use that. Ex- the internet exists for a reason, for goodness sakes. Like, let's, let's use it to our advantage. If that's going to be our excuse, that's a pretty lame one in 2022. Um, and I'm just going to call out people that want to use that as an excuse. I mean, we've got, and just to, for the venue thing, like, the state of Idaho is getting some fantastic venues now. Like you look at the new venue, the university of Idaho, that new arena, Idaho central credit union arena is gorgeous. You still have the Kibi dome. You've got Lewis Clark state college has an amazing facility there uh, for a small school arena. North Idaho college is, is a little bit smaller, but any of the high schools up here, post falls high school has an amazing venue. Lake city and Coeur d'Alene are both great venues. Um, you know, L- Lakeland high school for a four, he's got a great venue. So, I mean, even Moscow High School's got a, a nice facility too in the Bear Den. So the new Lewiston High School, I mean, I can throw out places all around the state that are great. Lewiston High School is one of the top venues in the state, I think, regardless of size or whatever institution you are. That's a gorgeous facility if you haven't seen it. And, you know, so like there, those places exist all around the state of Idaho. And I know that like Thunder Ridge is amazing. And you have, you know, if you want to throw out football venues, whatever, I mean, Madison is ridiculous on the football side. Like Sam Point's got a ridiculous facility now. So like let's let's stop making some of the old excuses of what used to be the old adage. I get it back in the 80s and early 90s, but things have changed. The internet has changed things for broadcasting rights and everything else. If we're gonna make this a level playing field, like let's let's make it a level playing field for that. Do it for the kids. That's gonna make a better experience for the kids. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um you were talking about uh you, you were talking about some of the arenas and facilities that uh, teams can use. You know, I was, I got bored one day and I was just kind of like looking up old newspaper articles about, you know, state tournaments from back in the day, you know, late nineties, early two thousands. And I try to remember what year it was it like 2002, 2001, something like that. Like girls state was held in the magic Valley. It was mm-hmm. held college of Southern Idaho hosted the big games. And then like, you know, Jerome hosted some games, Wendell, Wendell High School hosted some state <laughs> tournament games, and that's a small two A school. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's not it's not like we're coming out of left field with this. It's been done before. It has, right? Yeah, it absolutely has. And you know, all of these areas have increased their hotel space. I mean, you look at Lewiston, the Lewis Clark Valley of Clarkson's got hotel space now too. Moscow Pullman, um, that corridor with the two universities up there has increased their capacity. North Idaho, you even throw in the Spokane Valley, like there's there's probably as much hotel space in North Idaho between Boise or sorry, between Coeur d'Alene and Spokane Valley and post falls as there is in, in the treasure Valley. So, I mean, I don't think we can use that as an excuse anymore other than, Oh, well you only have three schools up there, so we don't have to travel up there. Sorry. Right. And, and again, people are going to go, well, boy, Spokane to Coeur d'Alene, you know, that's a good half hour drive. And yeah. Hey, guess what? I was over in Boise for state. And the games Nampa were in Cold- to Boise is like 55 minutes. Yeah, but the games were in Caldwell. Get, yeah. Guess on a on a good morning how long it takes to get from Boise to Caldwell. It takes about a, a half long- an hour. Yeah. <laughs> With so no traffic. If you're going from Eagle to Caldwell. I mean, you have to go up Eagle Road. Like, come on. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's arbitrary arguments that, that can be picked apart. Because, like, up here, it's funny. It's like distance. You, you, we use time up here. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, it's about forty-five minutes. And you're like, okay, so how far is that? Like, oh, that's that must not be very far. Like forty-five minutes? No, we're going about forty miles. I mean, Coeur d'Alene to, to Sandpoint takes you about forty-five minutes. And yeah. people are, and like, then you look at it on the map, you're like, oh, you're going like forty-one miles. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> so it's not like it's terrible to get around. Like, I don't understand that part that people want to complain about that. But I mean, to a, to a certain point, we just got to be like, you know, let's try it. What's it going to hurt to try it for a year or two? I know that we've got, you may have agreements with the Idaho center or something like that for basketball. Um, but try it with the other, like some of the other sports and see how it goes. I mean, I think, it could be, it could be incredible. I don't know why we're trying to stuff everybody in one location. I don't, that to me is like one of the only States I know of that does that. And it makes no sense to me. It does not make sense. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of good, good talk, good discussion. I don't want to go too long on this and yeah. we can, we can circle back and revisit some of this stuff. Like we talk about this summer. Cause there's some changes coming for next year with five A and four A and league makeups and stuff like that. And, yeah, yeah. No, this would be a good but, conversation to talk but, about. But I agree with you. There's a lot of people that just, well, it's just the way it's always been done. Well, why? You know, hey, <laughs> it's not 1984 anymore. Like, come on. Let's... I know. I was born out here. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. <laughs> you know, I said that because I'm a Van Halen fan. That's like my favorite rock band of all time. Yeah. And of course, what an epic <laughs> album that is, 1984. Uh, <laughs> But okay, was there was there anything you had in your notes that you wanted to to throw out in terms of solutions that we didn't get to? No, I mean I just had really three three opportunities, and it was either you know obviously changing the district format, which I think makes sense that we could expand districts really easily without screwing with classifications, um, or getting rid of. I mean, really the realistic one is get rid of a classification for the time being, until you figure out how to level off that one A D one one A D two situation where we have so many dang small schools, and that's not fault of their own. Like that's just the geographic makeup of the state of Idaho. I mean, maybe you try to force more teams into cooperative agreements, but I don't think that's that's a whole other topic. I'm gonna gonna kick a hornet's (laughs) nest on that one. Um, But I mean, and then outside of that, it's like, yeah, okay, go to a six-team team expansion and and axe the district tournaments, and you know, then you're telling, okay, do you want to be exposed the week before state? Like, then you're telling teams like District Three, hey. Your team's going to, you could travel to, to Lewiston or Grangeville and you're going to get exposed. How do you feel about that? No, no, we want to play districts. It's like, okay. I mean, you know, you can't hide behind your league numbers anymore at that point. And so I know the smaller schools outside of some of the areas would love to see that, like the Lakeland, Sandpoint, Moscow, Century, Pocatello, Preston. They would all want that. Um, but the teams like BK and Columbia and Skyview and everybody else, they probably want nothing to do with that. So I know that Andy Harrington's been pretty for any coach that I've seen, he's talked about expanding the most of anybody, um, but he's been pretty quiet about it. He's just here and there. Um, but I know that, you know, a lot of the coaches need to see the expansion of something and whether it's the, it's the state tournament or whether it's the districts or the classification situation, Something's got to change, and I think in the next and it's a great time to do it. I think really coming out of the COVID era is a great time to try it. But that's just my two cents as some dude that talks on a microphone in North Idaho. <laughs> well, I know uh, you you. It's kind of like Congress. You you are kind of a representative of everybody that lives up north, and these are these are things we hear from the fans all the time, right? Yeah. Um, so you're just, you're verbalizing and I, and I live in East Idaho and I hear the same things. So we are, we are merely, uh, verbalizing what we hear from parents, fans, players, coaches, etc. But you know, yeah, in 2016, I created a document and tried to submit it to 
I don't want to say where, <laughs> but I submitted it to somewhere it, in the what, state of Idaho. It, was it idahosports.com? <laughs> no, it was not the Idaho. It was actually to a, a governing body um, oh. about how to change the classification system in the state of Idaho. And it was literally, I had done the numbers and actually ran it like pretty, I spent a lot of time on it, um, getting rid of a classification in the state of Idaho. And it made a ton of sense numbers wise. And obviously enrollments have changed since then. Um, but I could easily do it again. And like, I kind of hinted at it about taking off the ceiling in 4A and pushing them into 5A. Um, and I know that that would create kind of a numbers issue, um, but it brings up like the Homedales, Fruitlands, Payettes, Weezers, and push, kind of pushes them into 4A. Um, but it, like I said, it closes that gap from where it goes from 1279 to where the floor goes to like 1080. So it's 1080 to 500. And so it's like that gap got smaller by over 150 kids. Um, so if we want to level the playing field, that's that's right where I start. I look at 3A or 2A, and you got to do something with one of the two of those. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you if you are willing to put in the time and the work to modify that for where we're at now in 2022, yeah. let's do it. Let's do an off season podcast uh, because next next week we'll get back into you know spring sports. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, so track meet coming up at Timberlake. Yeah. We've got some big time runners coming in this week, so I'll head to that on Friday and. Yeah, it'll be uh, be interesting to see what what we're able to do uh, in North Idaho in the next couple of weeks with track. I know that weather's getting warmer; it's supposed to be well, it's getting colder before it gets warmer. But right. <laughs> we might have snow this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not speak that into existence, please. Uh, <laughs> I was looking at the weather, and I'm like, oh man, it's like 42 for a high on Saturday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, still battling the weather for sure. So we're yeah, we're gonna get back into that spring sports flow next week, but we'll we'll do an off season podcast and and maybe crunch the numbers, come up with some new classifications, and we'll 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 build some graphics around it too, and we'll yeah. uh, so we can show that uh, to people who are watching it. So absolutely, I think that'd yeah. be a ton of fun. So yeah, but definitely. yeah, thanks for giving me a soapbox to stand on today and yell at people from the street corner. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this has been get off my lawn and we'll be back next week. <laughs> I, I think it's good to talk about this stuff. And Hey, we, we want to hear from you, the fans too. If you, absolutely. if you listen to this or, or you watched this and you have comments, uh, send me an email, Brandon at idahosports.com or, or hit us up on Twitter at Brandon underscore Bainey or at an Idaho game night. That's Ryan's uh, North Idaho game night, Twitter account. And uh, let us know. I mean, we, yeah. we want, we want to hear from the fans and what they think about this as well. So yeah, absolutely. Get the conversation started. So, all right, well, that's enough for one, one episode and we'll, <laughs> we'll table the discussion for, for later on down the line. But thank you for listening to or watching the North Idaho PrepCast. For Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.